0: Not just as moms, but as modern Southern women, we began this project to hear from those who inspire us and recognize those who are achieving their own personal goals. Listen in as we celebrate the South and those who say it's Southern. Our partner, Renaissance Bank, has locations all throughout the Southeast. There's a good chance that if you're listening to this podcast in Mississippi, Tennessee, Alabama, Georgia, or North Florida, there's probably a Renaissance not too far from you. If you're looking for a bank that understands you and your financial needs, check Renaissance out at renaissancebank.com or on social media. Okay, you asked for it, so we went out and found the best of the best. Today, we are talking to Molly Katz, who is a nurse injector for Dr. Beisman in Nashville, Tennessee. We've got so many questions for her, and she has all the answers. You are definitely going to enjoy this episode as we educate ourselves on all the things we should have been doing and should be doing. Join us now as we say it's Southern with Molly Katz. Molly, thank you for coming on Say It Southern today. We have so many questions for you. Yes. So, for our listeners, Molly works in Nashville for Dr. Biesman, who is known, very well known. Oh, sure. He's an eyelid and facial plastic surgeon. And, I mean, this is kind of where the celebrities, the who's who of Nashville go. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know... They have to trust their face. They can't just trust it to anybody. The face is the moneymaker. Yes. The face is the moneymaker. And so it's good to be in good hands. Yes.
1: And that's why we brought Molly on today because, Molly, we have all the questions and we need to just dive in, okay? Okay. That sounds great. Okay. Thanks so tell everybody me. what you do at Dr. Boseman's office.
2: So I have been with Dr. Boseman now for, it'll be actually 10 years this month. Um I'm his primary nurse, so I see a lot of patients with him in clinic, which is just our regular office. Um, I also see patients of my own. About eight years ago, Dr. Biesman, um decided to teach me how to do injections because we had a nurse who was doing injections there who ended up leaving, and he found just such value in not only having another person who can do injections, but also a female who can do injections and do them well. So I also see my own patients. I'm his surgical first assistant. So I'm in the operating room with him twice a week, helping him with eyelid surgeries, facial reconstructive stuff, brow lifts, all the things just to make sure that, you know, I've got to keep a good watch on him, make Mm -hmm. sure that he's doing everything just right. Mm -hmm. And um, basically, you know, he refers to me as his, (laughs) peripheral brain. So his right hand and trusty sidekick. (laughs) Do you love what you do? I do. It's really, um, it's a really unique experience because I think, you know, people, I think now it's become a little bit more acceptable for people to care more and to be open about what they do for their skin, getting a little bit of Botox, getting laser treatments, even having surgery and things like that. But it's a unique little peek into the intimacy of somebody's life in the sense that like you'll have, let's say, a woman in their 40s who is successful, you know, or like an older mom or something like that. Wants to feel like they still look and um, look as good as they feel and to watch somebody kind of come into our office feeling you know, kind of down and like they don't look as good as they feel and then to literally watch somebody hold their head higher and walk like they own their space better just because you've been able to help just make them feel better about themselves. I think it's a really, it's a really special thing.
1: I Mm -hmm. love that. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah, I feel like it used to be, and I mean, you, you tell me what you think, Sarah, like when anybody would have things done, it was kind of like, Keep it on the DL. (laughs) Don't Mm -hmm. tell anybody. Not gonna tell anybody. You know, and then and I don't know if that was the culture that we were in. And you may tell us, Molly, have you seen it kind of evolve and like now we're like, oh girl, you gotta get that lip flip. You Uh gotta get you gotta get that filler.
2: Absolutely. And I think, you know, as much as so I'm thirty eight. So as when I was, you know, in my twenties and like I mean, nobody ever talked about that. Nobody ever, nobody's moms ever talked about it. Nobody, you know, like me and my friends, like we, you know, when we were in our late twenties, like we were never even thinking about any of this kind of stuff. I mean, we were maybe starting to think about taking good care of our skin outside of clear and Moxzema, but I honestly would attribute a lot of it to the millennial generation because they're so out there with it and they just. They say it, they don't have any shame about it. And I think the more that they have kind of brought light to people just doing stuff and it becoming a little bit more accessible and kind of not shying away from it, it's allowed, you know, girls in their thirties, forties and fifties and sixties to be a little bit, you know, the fifties and sixties are still kind of hush hush about it a little bit more, but you know, that 30 to 40, even to 50, they're like, no, no. Yeah. I do do stuff. You know, and I think it's actually, I think it's a really empowering tool to be open and honest about it. You know, you almost wish that people, you know, just for women in general to where you look at people and you're like, gosh, how do they look so good? And they're like, I do yoga and drink water. And you're (laughs) like, "Mm, I don't think so. (laughs) I need more than that. (laughs) Exactly what you do, but just be like, I've got somebody who tells me what I need to do when I need to do it. And that's that.
0: Yeah. So,
2: okay. But well, I think there has been a culture shift.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I want to just jump right in because I have a lot of questions about Botox and laser and injectables, everything. So, tell the listeners you've had nothing done. Yes, I've never had any Botox or anything, and it's not. And everybody said the first thing people say to me, "Why not?" Like it's like, "Are you crazy?" You haven't had anything done, and honestly, it's not that I don't. I don't know what it is. Honestly, really, I'm I'm scared of needles. That might be a little bit of it. But okay. I kind of feel like once I start, I'm going to be hooked. And I also accurate don't want <laughs> okay. to look cray-cray. That's I don't all about want to, Molly. I know, but I don't want to look like I'm surprised and I have no emotion. I don't want my lip. I don't want to mess with my lips because then, you know, that's when people start looking like a different person. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm just terrified yeah. that I'm going to wake up one day and I'm going to look in the mirror and be like, what has happened to my face? <laughs> Well, hopefully that never happens one. Not. But that's,
2: that's a very common thing that people say. And ultimately, most people don't, don't start out wanting to look weird. They just gradually over time start to look weird. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Bizeman and I both have no problem saying no. Like, that's enough. You, if we do anything more, it's not going to look right. But with Botox in general, one, it is a needle, and, but the needles are very, very small, and it's more the anxiety behind it rather than the treatment itself that's uncomfortable. Two is, yes, you will be hooked. Botox is truly a girl's best friend and some guy's best friend, too. But injections holistically are art meets science. So it's more a matter of finding the person to take care of you that sees what you're trying to accomplish. It's almost like I've always said you would never trust somebody to do your hair if they came out and had like a mohawk and like really weird, uh, bad hair. You'd be like, well, am I going to trust that you're going to make me look how I want to look if this is what you think looks good or... You know, an esthetician that's telling you how to make your skin more beautiful if they clearly haven't taken care of their skin. You know, there's that level of trust and building that relationship between the person who's going to be taking care of your face to where you feel like you're understanding what I'm wanting to accomplish. And there's so much that goes into injectables, not only just with Botox, but You know, there is truly an art to understanding how the anatomy works, how those muscles work together, and how there's not just a point and shoot to be able to deliver good outcomes. So you really have to understand the musculature, how it works, why it works, and that's where a lot of people end up missing the mark. And I always say that a lot of people don't know the difference. Like if you never had Botox before – You wouldn't necessarily know the difference between good and great unless you had somebody who could see you afterwards and be like, oh, that's not how it's supposed to look. So you might think, oh, that's how it's supposed to look. And either you like it or you don't. Or like we've had people who've had Botox for the first time and they were injected incorrectly where, you know, there's a misconception that the lines that run across your forehead will lift your eyebrows up when in fact they do the opposite they if you smooth out someone's forehead you disable the ability for them to lift up their eyebrows so sometimes people will say oh i want to smooth out these lines but without educating your patient and understanding where those lines are coming from and why you have them if you can smooth them out for sure but if you drop someone's eyebrows and they look different then that's a problem and then people are like oh i don't ever want to do that again because they had a bad experience so We tend to err on the side of really educating people on the mechanics of the muscles, why they work, why we can give you something and why we can't, because everybody's facial anatomy is so different. I mean, even, you know, the two of you, you have very different, like the shapes of your brows, the position of your eyes, the height of your forehead. Like there are different things that would allow for treatment of each of you very individually because not everybody can have the same treatment. So there's a lot that goes into that. And so many people think, Oh, I'm just going to go get a little bit of Botox. Like, you know, what's the big deal? You know, this place is $2 cheaper a unit or whatever. And I'm just going to go. And i always tell people, I'm like, you know, cheap Botox ain't good. And good Botox ain't cheap. <laughs> 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 uh, you know, it just is what it is. You know, it's your face. Yeah, Sometimes it would you well to pay because you're not necessarily just paying for the Botox, you're paying for the expertise of the person who's delivering it. Mm-hmm. You know, not to say that, you know, sometimes something, you know, might not turn out exactly how you want it. I mean, nobody's perfect, but, you know, it's more just the whole understanding of it and how it's not just... That's eh, a little bit of Botox. I'll just let someone, you know, put a little Botox in my face in their living room or in
0: the back of a hair salon or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, we hear all the time because there's a lot of young girls that are doing this now. Like my sister, mm-hmm. she's 32 and she's been doing Botox and she's like, Why would you not be doing this? And she's yeah. like, It's preventative. Yes. And so I'm like, Well, is it too late for me now that I already have these crow feet? Like, what? No. Yeah.
2: So, there definitely is a preventative effect with Botox. So can you, because aging as a whole is multifactorial, multifactorial, which we can talk about in a minute, but the lines that come over time from that Botox addresses is from repetitive muscle contraction. So there are some people who, you know, even at 22 years old have, you know, a line in between their eyebrows because they sleep with a furrowed brow and when they're concentrating, they furrow their brow, So they might be 22 years old and have starting to get a line that settles there. So what Botox does is it relaxes the muscles so that when the muscles go to activate, nothing happens. So when that happens, you're allowing the skin to not be pinched because when those muscles contract, it pinch increases the skin. And so when that skin isn't getting pinched, it can kind of rebound and those lines will soften. So by preventing those muscles from moving altogether, you're preventing those lines from even starting to develop. So people do get, you know, a little, you know, quote, baby Botox or like lower doses of Botox in order to prevent lines from coming altogether. And there's not necessarily a set age point where you're like, oh, you're too far gone. We can't utilize Botox on you anymore. But as the face ages over time, it's not just muscular. It's, you know, it's changes that happen in the skin. It's changes that happen in the soft tissue. It's changes that happen in the bony skeleton. It's all of that stuff kind of working together. So sometimes, just as lines start to get worse, Botox is not going to be the only thing that's going to help to soften those lines. So if you can get, quote, ahead of it, you know, or be more proactive or preventative, you can, in some ways, eliminate the need for more significant treatments down the road. So but like, telling somebody, me I missed the boat? You, <laughs> no. <too late. laughs> no, but like, you have like, even just looking at you through this video, I mean, you have good skin quality. You don't have any etched in lines that I can see from here. But for you, it's more a matter of, even at this phase, would be more preventative. I mean, any Botox that you got now would soften and smooth out any the faintest of lines that you had, and then would allow for you to continue to look basically just like you do, if not better, in 10 years. Because that's the whole goal, ultimately, is to remain ageless. But the way to do that and to keep that natural look that everybody you know, says, I want to just look like myself. And, you know, where husbands and partners and stuff like that get to where I don't want you to do Botox because I don't want you to look weird. But if you can do things in a holistic manner where you're taking good care of your skin, you're getting a little bit of Botox. If you need a little bit of filler in certain places, you're doing that. You're doing some non-invasive skin tightening or lasers or peels or things like that to where you're kind of addressing everything. Because Botox is not just a one-hit fix for everything. Filler is not a one-hit fix for everything. All of that, you have to kind of come at it from all the different ways that the face changes over time.
0: So I've got a question. So I've always heard that when it comes to Botox, that's like your nose or your eyes up and then anything below your eyes down, that's filler. No. And I was going to say, cause now everybody's getting this lip flip thing. That's Botox. I mean, what in the world is a lip flip? I mean, come on.
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> so basically it- anywhere that you have a muscle, Botox can be utilized. So okay. we use Botox in the upper part of the face for smoothing the lines between your eyebrows, which can actually give you, you know, where people want a little lift on their eyebrows. So that's actually how you can get a lift to your eyebrows because the muscles that are between your eyebrows naturally pull your eyebrows down. So when you relax a muscle that's job is to pull down, it relaxes up and out. When you relax a muscle that's job is to lift up, you relax it down. So it just kind of goes opposite to what you would think. But you can use Botox to smooth out the forehead, you can do it to soften the lines under and around the eyes. You know, there are people who have a little wrinkle in their nose, little bunny lines, you can use Botox for that. We use Botox in the jaw muscles for people who have either like TMJ type symptoms, you know, where they clench their teeth because those muscles over time will bulk up and kind of start to square off and kind of give some women a more masculine look so you can relax those muscles and accomplish two goals where you get some relaxing of the tight jaw, but also to slim the face. There's a muscle that pulls the corners of the mouth down so you can relax those muscles and pop the corners of the mouth up a little bit. There's a muscle in your chin that um, dimples your chin that you can put Botox in. That we do a lot of a lot of Botox in the neck because women who have long thin necks that get these like these muscle bands that pop out that over time can constant contraction of those muscles will cause the skin to tent up. So it looks like people have these constant muscle bands. You can inject all that to smooth that out and to tighten up along the jawline. Yeah, you can use Botox everywhere. You can use Botox in the armpits to help with sweating. Um, yeah, it's great. You can it's use Botox. It's really a
1: miracle. It is a miracle. <laughs> I'm like every time you hit a spot, I'm like, yep, had it there. Yeah, did that. Yep.
2: But it's really, it's it's a really neat tool to utilize. But There's a lot of there's a lot of misinformation um, about that. And some of it's because either, you know, people who are injecting are either nervous to do it and haven't ever done
0: it before. So they think that you can't or um, they just don't know.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: I'm glad to hear that about the lip because I was worried. My my lips are kind of turning down now and I'm glad to know I can do Botox because I was worried that I was going to go. And somebody's going to be like, well, you need filler up in there. Like raise those lips up.
2: No. and The lip flip is, so there's a muscle that encircles the whole mouth, you know, that allows you to, you know, purse your lips together. So you can inject a little tiny dose along the upper lip, which relaxes the muscle that's job is to pull down. So like you're saying, when you relax the muscle that's job is to pull down, it's going to go up and out. So that's how you get kind of like a little flip to your lip. However, it's a, it's a sensation because when you can't, contract a muscle as well, you'll feel, it will feel funny because the lip doesn't pull together as strong. So for some people who feel like, you know, they have a little bit of restriction, it's a sensation to get used to. And some people will say, I don't care about the sensation. I like the way it looks. And some people will be like, I hate the way that that feels. I'd rather have the little lines in my lip or
1: things like that. Okay. I had this done. I had this done just to try it because I've lost a little volume. I have big lips just naturally. Thanks, Mom and Dad. Um, <laughs> but I've lost a little volume in in one of my sides. And so I was like, I'll just try it, you know, just to see. I couldn't drink out of a straw for like 14 days. <laughs> Yeah. And it was so funny because I kept going, what is happening? Like, why can't I, because I, I had Invisalign, which I'd just gotten off. And so, I mean, for the lip flip plus Invisalign with trying to drink out of a straw <laughs> was like, what what is going on? But you do get used to it, but it, it, it's funny. <laughs> and I, I did like it because it's super conservative. And I think yeah. that's the thing, too, that, you know, I mean, I started when I was 35, and it goes back to what you were saying about the artist. You know, you can do as little or as much as you will let us do. And it's, like, really your job to say, okay, no, or, you know, or, yes, we need a little bit here. One of the things that we've kind of moved into in our 40s, though, and I feel like it's kind of a hot topic— Is filler. Mm -hmm. And because we know as we age, you were talking about the multifactorial aging, we lose volume in our face. And when we look back at college pictures, we're like, look at that little round faced baby Mm -hmm. with that short hair. It was me. So (laughs) we know that all that is kind of sinking and caving. And so, but filler scares everybody to death. Tell us why that is, Molly. So filler scares people more often because of what
2: people look like when you look at somebody and you can see it. So mm-hmm. good yes. fill, filler that has been done well should be undetectable. You should be able to look at somebody and say, gosh, they look good and can't quite figure out what it is. I love is it that. Yes. Their hair. Is it their skin? What is it? So that's, that's the secret in the sauce of good injections <laughs> is that you should not be able to see them. And I think that's ultimately what scares people. But so there's different type. There's a million different types of filler out on the market anyways, but there's kind of different groupings of filler that you can look at. One is, you know, you've got a family of hyaluronic acid based fillers. So these are your Juvederms, your Restylens. Um, you know, those types of fillers that people are familiar with and there's other brands out there as well, but those are fillers that are made out of a cohesive gel and hyaluronic acid is a sugar molecule that's naturally found in the body that binds water. So these cohesive gels are built and they're built with, in different ways, to have different properties, whether they want to be softer, they want to be more flexible, they want to have more lifting capability. So that's where your injector kind of decides which product to use on you based on what your aesthetic goal is and what you're trying to accomplish. The one beautiful thing about hyaluronic acid fillers is not only do they break down slowly over time and your body doesn't recognize them as something foreign, But we have an enzyme that we have in a vial that you can inject to dissolve that filler and make it go away. Mm -hmm. So if there's a problem, there's something you don't like, um, we can inject something to dissolve it, make it go away, and you go right back to looking like yourself. People also think that once they start, they can't stop. And that's not true. So. Once you do, if you do filler once and you're like, yeah, I like it, but I don't know if I'm going to do that again. You don't have to, your skin is never going to be worse off. Your face is never going to be worse off that you did it once and didn't maintain it because these products also do stimulate a little bit of collagen production over time. Um, and it really, and truly, I think the thing that scares people about filler, you know, you hear horror stories of, you know somebody was injected with something and you know something bad happened well a lot of that again goes back to the skill set of the provider you know do things happen yeah they do and it's why it's important to be in good hands not only if somebody who knows how to inject well but also if there's a problem knows how to manage that and knows how to take care of that because um, you know, it's a it's a more of a procedure, which is why you know again, somebody who knows the anatomy of the face knows how to utilize the products, and more importantly, knows what to do
1: if something doesn't go right. Mm-hmm. Where do you mostly see filler going for people? In cheek lines, in jaw lines, to kind of carve out the face. So- it really depends.
2: Um, you know, at our office, you know, Dr. Weisman's specialty is eyes. So we we do a lot of the area under the eyes because what happens as our faces change over time. Primarily, the area around the eyes starts to change. The area around the mouth starts to change. The mouth starts to change because there's a lot of dynamic muscle movement that happens. But if you kind of start at the top and work your way down... The area around the eyes, there's the under eye, what they call kind of the tear trough area, which some people just naturally are born with a little bit of like a little tear trough, or they've had their whole lives ever since they were five years old. And that just changes and gets worse over time. But what we typically see is because there's little fat pads that are scattered throughout the entire face. And as those fat pads start to shift and deflate and move down... The distance between the lower eyelid and the cheek starts to separate. So you start to see kind of a space where there's some shadowing where the cheek has started to shift down and the distance between the lower eyelid and the start of the cheek starts to increase, which starts to kind of give people where people are like, gosh, you know, everybody says I look tired all the time. So by kind of restoring some volume back in the cheek to where you lift the cheek up so it's closer to the eyelid and then kind of soften the transition between the eyelid and the cheek just changes the contour of where the light hits the cheek and all of that. So that's a big area for us. Um, we do, we do do a lot of jawlines. We do chin augmentation. Um, we do cheeks and temples and foreheads. I mean, we put filler everywhere, lips, um you can what we're doing a lot of now because again, filler in the face, um, one of the dead giveaways that people have been doing stuff is their face looks really good, but their neck and their chest and their mm-hmm. hands start to look like it belongs to somebody else. Yes. Yeah. So we have been starting um for probably the last almost two years now doing um what they call, what they're calling biostimulants, which are Fillers that are highly diluted to stimulate collagen to improve the quality and texture of the skin so that the crepiness in the neck, you know, the skin on the chest, you know, when you um, sleep on your side and you wake up and you've got creases in your chest, you know, and sun damage and stuff like that, we can improve the quality of the skin by injecting these fillers even to improve skin quality. So... We, we do a lot of filler, and we do it all over the face and body. Gosh, I need that, too.
1: Well, that was one of the <laughs> things. That's, that's one of kind of like a personal pet peeve of mine with, with, you know, people that are like really, really heavy concentrated in their face, and then you're like,
0: whoa. <laughs> like yeah. you just have a permanent Photoshop filter, you know, with you. Another thing that, me personally, I do not like makeup. Okay, so I want to know what I need to be doing. <laughs> I don't ingest. <laughs> I'm not. Do- I'm scared of looking crazy, and I don't wear makeup. You're not building <laughs> a good case. No, for I'm not. I'm <laughs> not. <laughs> That's your nightmare. But I, I want to keep this up. I want to be able not. I don't want to wear makeup, and so the less I think less is more. But and now I'm at an age where. I wake up and I'm like, oh gosh, I have to put makeup. I have to cover this on. I've got discoloration. I'm dark circles under my eyes. All of that is happening. She's going to need a three-hour appointment, Molly. <laughs> it's going to take a minute. I, I hope that you block time for her when she comes. That's all I'm saying. Yes. Yeah, so, but what can we do for our face? What's the best? I guess. What's the bang for your buck? Like, what do I need to do for my face? Is it a laser? Do I need you know resurfacing? What, what
1: is it? A good cleanser. What What is it? So good
2: skin care is the foundation for everything. Like no matter whether it's laser treatments, Botox filler, anything like that. If your skin is not looking as good as it possibly can, my personal opinion is that you're, you're losing the beauty and everything else because we can all appreciate when somebody walks into a room That has beautiful glowing skin. That's the very first thing you notice. You don't want to notice a line, a wrinkle, anything else. You're like, whoa, their skin is so beautiful. So I'm with you. I don't wear a lot of makeup either. I don't like to have my skin. I want to have it look as good as possible. And I always tell people that good skincare is like brushing and flossing your teeth every day. Lasers, peels, all of that. If you want your teeth straighter, if you want your teeth whiter, You treat them. the same thing with the skin. You have to have a good skincare regimen, which is different for everybody. So there are a lot of really good skincare products out there. But in terms of bang for your buck, you don't need to spend a lot of money on a face wash. You don't need to spend a lot of money on a toner. You don't need to spend a lot of money on a moisturizer or even a sunscreen. There's a lot of good moisturizers and sunscreens out there that don't cost a lot of money. Where you do want to put your money is in your antioxidants, in your retinoids, in your growth factors, those type of products that are really going to initiate change in the skin. So, and if you're going to invest in those products, then, you know, you need to be wearing sunscreen and making sure that you're protecting your skin as well as you can. Pigment is one of those things that can be a challenge because sometimes it's not just sun damage. Sometimes there's, you know, people will have melasma, which has a hormonal component to it, which is, um, I have that. So it has to be constantly managed and lasers and melasma typically don't play well together because melasma is triggered often by heat. So sometimes if you, people will say, oh, I've got melasma, well, let me treat you with a laser. Sometimes in some cases, you can make it worse. Um, so there's a lot of different choices, but the primary thing that I think every person should be using and finding a way in which they can tolerate it are good retinoids. You know, something that you, your skin can tolerate. Because people will often get a retin A or a retinol, they'll start using it every night. Their face will get beet red, peel off, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, this is the worst product I've ever tried in my whole life!" And throw it in the trash can. When in fact, you can go a lot more slowly with those products and not have all the side effects Because so people think, oh, my skin's too sensitive, I can't use that. Well, it's just a matter of finding the right way to get you to use it, but also the right formulation of it that your skin can tolerate because retinols are and retinoids are the, like, golden ticket to anti-aging. Everybody should be using some form of that because it really does. Over time, good skincare will pay itself forward tenfold. You know, you can spot people on the street who've been taking care of their skin for decades, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. You can, yeah. So it's really, it's hard to say like, oh, use this one specific thing Um, This is the best because what might be good for your skin might not be good for mine and might not be good for her. So it's like kind of that's something that really has to be customizable. But where you spend your money is in your active ingredients. You know, you can buy a Cetaphil face wash and a Cetaphil moisturizer um, and a good sunscreen that's got either zinc or titanium dioxide in it because you really want something that's got a physical block to the sun. Um, that gives you a little bit more protection.
1: Products? (laughs) Product queen here? I'm a product junkie. Okay, I am too. I really sound high-maintenance in this episode. (laughs) I think it's because you're so low-maintenance that I sound really high-maintenance, but I'm really not that high-maintenance. But... I had the retinol thing that I that what I was doing. I was overusing it. I have a little bit of rosacea. I was overusing it, and I did have the cracking and the peeling. This is when I first started using it. And so it really is true about, like, break it down a little bit more, maybe use it every three or four days, and you get a great result. But the thing that I think is important, too, is continue it all the way down your neck and your chest. mm mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Go ahead.
2: No, so with the... Another thing, just with the with the retinols and retinoids, so you can the benefit comes from consistent use. Whether it's consistent use, where let's say your skin can only tolerate it two nights a week, we'll use it two nights a week until you can use it three nights a week, and then if you do it three nights a week and then your skin gets irritated, go back to two nights a week. Mm-hmm. But what happens is people will put it on for four days their skin starts to peel, they get red and all of that. And then they'll stop for five days or they'll stop for a week and a half. And then they start using it again. Every time you get to the point where you're peeling and flaking and all of that, that's just where things are getting started. So you're missing the mark by not allowing your skin to slowly acclimate and you're not getting any real benefit from that. Um, and with different types of skin, like people who tend to be more red and get rosacea and things like that, you have to go sometimes a little bit, a little bit slower with that. And on the neck and the chest, that skin is very, very different from the skin on the face. So if you slap a retinol that you're just barely able to tolerate on your face, your neck is going to light up and turn red and itch and all of that. To where you sometimes either have to go a little bit more slowly, put some moisturizer on over the top of it, give your neck skin and your chest skin a little bit more grace in some cases than you would your face. But I completely agree that, again, it's that whole thing where people baby their faces. It's like you see people at the beach where they've got a blanket over their face and they've got their neck and chest just blasting but in the sun. So, you know, it's like you need to take care of all of it. You know, arms too, hands too, because hands are a good
1: one that gets neglected too. Yeah, I I do. That's a tip. Any leftover product, I always rub on my hands. Mm -hmm. So when you start, I mean, how would somebody even begin to like find a retinol or a retinoid that's good for them? So getting in front of somebody, I mean, really and truly
2: like at our office, we have, um, A nurse and an esthetician who their primary focus is on skin care and laser treatments and some of the non-invasive skin tightening procedures that we do and letting them kind of look at your skin and kind of determining what what is the best choice for you, Um, whether it's somebody at our office or even You know, somebody who can really look at your skin, who knows and is willing to follow up with you because that's part of the other issue is people will buy products. And that's another thing that people get super frustrated by was that they've got a medicine cabinet full of a bunch of products that people have said, oh, this is the best thing in the whole wide world and that costs $300. And they're like, okay, this is great. And then they're like, well, this isn't working for me and I don't like this or it made my skin break out or something like that. But being establishing a relationship with somebody that can... Help not only get you started, but also keep a watch on you. Cause when you develop good relationships, it's like a good relationship with a hairdresser. They know you, they've seen you over the years. You know, you want somebody who can be with you as your face ages and changes over time, to where things change, your skin changes, to where, you know, you wanna maybe we need to back off on this because it's drier for the winter and now we need to kick up on a little bit of this because now it's hotter in the summer and you tend to be more oily in the summer or, you know, you are having a baby or you just had a baby and now we can't use these products. So let's move you on to something else or, you know, this, that, or the other thing. It's just, it's really, um, it's not, once you kind of get with somebody, you can, really kind of navigate that to where you don't have to constantly be going in and having somebody do facials and all that stuff on you necessarily. But it's just somebody who you can have as your little, you know, skincare touchstone. And you can be like, Hey, remember me? I just, I want to kind of regroup or get started. Or is this still the best thing for my skin? Oh,
1: it is. Okay, great. Yeah. And it's a real person and not a YouTube influencer or
0: somebody that says, This product. Well, that's what I was going to say. On Instagram right now, and there's a ton of dermatologists. I guess they're dermatologists. I don't even know. Like, that's sad. I don't even know. But they're selling their products now, and you can Mm -hmm. get different kinds of pads, different kinds of creams, different whatever, and you can order them online. You don't even have to go in. Or they'll do, like, an online consultation, which I don't – I mean – can you really tell? <laughs> I don't know. Um,
2: but. I don't know. And that's some of that where it's just like trial and error. I mean, I think there's some things that like, if you've used before that you're trying to just get access to that, you're like, oh, okay, normally I have to go to a doctor's office and now with COVID and everything else, everybody's moving things to online. Like there are some things. Yeah. But it just depends how much money you're willing to throw at it and not know, you know, if those are the best products for you or, mm-hmm. you know, or
0: not. All right, so tell us, let's break it down. What do we need to do when we're, let's start with our 20s. What are girls in their 20s need to be doing to their skin right now?
2: Taking very good care of it. In your 20s, your investment should be in good quality skincare, hands down. Okay, what about your 30s? In your 30s, skincare again, but kind of getting into either Botox for elimination of some of the lines and wrinkles that are starting or prevention and not to say that in your twenties, Botox, isn't, you know, an option on the menu for, um, in terms of prevention. Cause it is, I mean, we treat girls in their twenties and there are some girls in their twenties who do have deep etching lines, just kind of, it's almost genetically and how their anatomy is to where it makes complete sense for them to be getting Botox. Mm-hmm. Um, but skincare care would, I've, in my opinion, would um, take priority over Botox if I had to choose where to spend my money in my 20s. Um, 30s, Skincare, care, um, a little bit of Botox. Um, there are some times where, you know, women who are very, very fit or very just naturally very lean, but there's a point at which... Utilizing filler or even changes that happen, like we were talking about underneath the eyes, where there is some room to kind of begin looking into doing fillers um, when warranted. Um, in some cases, like I'm a big person with non invasive skin tightening, there's a treatment called Thermage, and it um, bulk heats the skin and stimulates collagen production and helps just kind of keep things all hugged up nice and tight and I love it. I do it try to do it at least once a year. Um, and I feel like, so I told you I'm 38. I've done Botox, um, regularly and I get Thermage once a year. And, um, I did when I was in my late twenties, I actually ended up getting a little bit of filler in the, in the kind of like central part of my cheek because I was real active, super lean, and it looked like I had these big, like solos under my eyes. And so we put a little filler in my cheeks. Haven't done any since, um, cause I put my filler own filler back on, but, um, you know, things like that just helping to stimulate collagen production, I think is good. Um, okay. and then 40s. You know, working your way up to your forties. Again, it depends what, what type of changes have been happening in the skin You know, some women in their 40s look phenomenal, you know, to wear a little bit of Botox and some good skincare is all they need. Um, Some need kind of the full enchilada where you're looking at more aggressive, you know, laser treatments to help with pigment and texture, um, injectables with filler, with Botox. Um, You know, sometimes it just, it really just kind of depends, but Cause everybody ages differently, but it's Mm. that whole thing to where, you know, women in their forties who've taken really good care of themselves their whole lives or have genetically been dealt a really good hand sometimes don't need anything, but a little bit of skincare and some Botox. And then there are some women in their thirties who have spent a lot of time in the sun who haven't taken good care of themselves and need a whole lot more than you would think someone in their thirties might need. And same is true for fifties and sixties, but, you know, the combination of really good skincare products where your active ingredients are pharmaceutical grade, but, you know, it's not your, you know, over the counter type products. And then, um, you know, whether it's a little sprinkle of Botox, whether it's more intentional dose of Botox, um, Fillers, non-invasive skin tightening, some laser resurfacing type procedures—they um, all kind of work together, depending on what changes you're up against. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, that's all. I mean, I'm just like, please okay. call me. I <laughs> set reminders in my phones.
0: <laughs> okay, thank you so much for informing us. But before we we go, we do a popcorn round where we just ask you a few quick questions. Um, if you want to play along with us. It's so <laughs> Okay. Okay. What is the best over the counter drugstore product?
2: Ooh, in my personal opinion, my favorite is, um, there's a product called pixie that you get at target. They make a glow tonic and it's a toner that has a little whisper of glycolic acid in it. And it will just brighten up your skin. It's pretty much tolerable for anybody, any type of skin. But that's my favorite. I love that
1: stuff. You know I've seen that, of course. You know, I'm, I'm like, like writing that down. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. I also like their makeup remover wipes if we're going to just pull over and park on Pixie for a minute. <laughs> okay. That's okay. good.
2: All right. I now you get my brow pencil too.
1: Okay. You mentioned you get your, your lashes done. Yes. So does that mean you're not wearing mascara at all?
2: I, no, I don't wear mascara. My eyes are really sensitive, mm-hmm. so I do the eyelash extensions because I too I don't like to wear a lot of makeup. So it makes it to where I can put on a little bit of like either tinted sunscreen or um, there's a product that Charlotte Tilbury makes called Hollywood Flawless Filter. Girl, I got it. <laughs> you put that on and you just it gives you like a little hint of glow. Put on some lip gloss and you're good to go. <laughs>
1: I'm writing that down. like, Jason, my husband's like, oh, my gosh. That's when you go into Botox and go, I got 400 in cash. What can we do?
0: I do have to say, I'm telling on you now. One time I was in Courtney's bathroom, and she was like, here, let me get something. She pulls out her drawer, and I was like, what is happening in this drawer? It was like (laughs) packed with like... Well, I've edited all kinds of stuff, but
1: I have combination skin and I require a different regimen in the winter than I do the summer. Yeah, she has a lot right, of right, Molly. There you go. Yep, look, <laughs> I can appreciate that. I love it. Okay, so you'll never give up the eyelashes. Like people that do eyelashes are like, I'm in and I'll forever be in.
2: So I've gone in waves, okay. Um, so I did them for like three or four years and then I took a break for a while. But as petty as this sound, I was, like, depressed after my eyelashes came off because I was so used to having them. I was like, don't look at me. I look like a naked cat. I can't. I'm like, don't. I know you're looking at my eyes, and I look so haggard, but then I got them put back on again, and then it's like, I mean, it's a fierce addiction because it just is so easy, and it looks so good, but now... I've had to let some of them grow off, but um, I'll be getting them done as soon as I possibly can again. So, yeah, I think I think I'm a ride or die eyelashes for life.
0: Okay, what is one thing you can't live without, aside from the pixie glow tonic, product-wise? And this doesn't have to be over the counter. I mean, this is just something that we all need. You need. You use. Honestly, my can't I can't live without
2: is. My Tretinoin. It's a Retin A type product, and it has, I would say, that product, I couldn't, yeah, I wouldn't go without it. Not okay. for a single day.
0: All right, let's say you have $100 to put towards something for your face. Is it going to be eyelash extensions or is it going to be something else? Hmm. $100. That doesn't get you very far. <laughs>
2: Honestly, I think I would put it towards a, some sort of a, I mean, again, it doesn't get you very far, but if I could get, like, there's a peel at our office that's $225, and it's probably one of the best deals that we have in our office, and it helps with pigment, helps with texture, helps with color, all of that stuff. I would probably do some sort of a light chemical peel just to brighten my skin up because it does it really quick. Mm-hmm. Either that or, um, there's a face mask called the CO2 lift mask. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it's a little mask that you can put on at home and it will make your skin look phenomenal. People do it before big events and weddings and parties and stuff like that when we used to be able to do that. And it will help help plump out little lines and wrinkles give you this beautiful glow to your skin for about five days. Oh
0: my gosh. Do you have to get that from the doctor? Is that, or is no? That...
2: You can get them online. You can get them from certain doctor's offices. It's called the CO2 lift mask and it's, and it's $99. Ooh, so,
0: there you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Perfect. <$100. laughs> so you can get something for a hundred dollars. You can get something for a hundred dollars. <laughs> yep. Okay. Last question. What is one thing, the one thing that, Everyone needs to ask when they go to see um, a dermatologist, um, someone doing injectables, all of that. What is something that we need to ask first?
2: That's a really good question. Um, I think it's not even so much what you ask as much as letting, letting them kind of come to you in essence to where like, at our office, people are like, just tell me what, tell me, look at this face and tell me what you, what you think, what you would do to where I think a lot of times people will initially go into an office and say, um, I don't like this. What can we do for this? Or I don't like that. What can we do for that? To where then in some cases, some providers will just focus on that to where if you go in there and you say, you tell me what you think, because you know, when you Ask the question, what's the one thing I should ask? You know, you think, okay, well, how long have you been doing this? You know, how many of these have you done? You know, what you think will give the best results for this? And you can't necessarily always assume that the number of years that somebody's been doing something equals the type of results you're going to get. Or um all of that to where it's more a matter of does somebody's vision of what they see with you feel like it's a good match to where if somebody's sitting there telling you for instance oh i think you know if we plump up those lips and you know, plump up those cheeks and get those eyebrows way up and like, you know, do all this stuff. I mean, you're going to be like, um, I don't think you see what I am looking for. And so maybe this isn't a good fit (laughs) for, you know, telling you, you need to do a million other things that you're like, wait a second. Are you sure that I need, it's more a matter of, again, getting a sense of that that feel. Does this person like does their art mentality and science mentality mesh with me? Cause that's what that's what we try to cultivate in our office is like let us tell you what your options are and why these are good for you and let's kind of talk it out. And then like I don't care if you do anything or not. I would just rather have you have good information to make good decisions on what is going to be good best for you, whether it's with me or whether it's somewhere else. I just want you
0: to get good information because there's a lot of information out there. Yes, there is. Well, that's why I'm coming to see you. So (laughs) it's nice to meet you here first. (laughs) Thank you again so much for all this information and for for spending some time with us today.
2: Oh no, you're welcome. I'm glad to be here. I hope it was helpful.
0: It was very helpful. And I know our listeners are going to love this too. Mm All right. Well, we'll talk soon. Bye. All right. Bye. Rise with Renaissance is a women's initiative that our partner, Renaissance Bank, developed to show support for women all over the South who are striving to do it all. Whether you're looking to lead, create, or grow, Rise with Renaissance' mission is to support women on their journey to success. Visit risewithrenaissance.com to learn more and read about some of the women who inspired this initiative.
1: Okay, Sarah, well, if this has not convinced you that it's time to pull the trigger, I just don't know that it's going to happen. I'm
0: doing it. I have my appointment made. I'm going to see Molly for sure.
1: Okay, so you brought her on. So is that how you, how did you find her?
0: Okay, Allison DeMarcus, who we've had her on our podcast and um, she's got the TV show DeMarcus Family Rules, which is hysterical. Um, I was talking to her kind of about people in Nashville that do this and, and she trusts Molly. So I was like, if she trusts Molly. And then I started kind of doing my research in on this doctor's office and everything. I was like, this yeah. is who I need to see because they, yeah. they focus on the face and he's an eye surgeon. He's a plastic surgeon. Right. His specialty is in, you know, your eyes, which is what I want fixed. Like my eyelids are drooping kind of a thing.
1: Well, I was going to say, so what's your main, like, what's your main area that you're like, okay, now it's time. It's time for me to pull the trigger.
0: My eyelids. Because, wow. I don't know, they're they're just starting to kind of, like, sag down and look really yeah. tired and, like, swollen all the time. Yeah. So, I feel like I just need to look, pull that up a little bit.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, if Allison, if it's good enough for Allison.
0: That's what I'm <laughs> saying. I'm like, it is going to be good enough for me, for sure. Although, I do have to say, I am kind of nervous about, like, how much this is going to cost. Well, I mean, it's an investment. I'm here to tell you. Yeah. Okay. I'm just going to just not even think about it. I mean, she did yeah, say right. Cheap Botox ain't good and good Botox ain't cheap. So I and think it
1: should be worth right. it. You know? And we've all seen people with some cheap Botox.
0: Yes. Yes. And I do not want to look cry cry for sure.
1: You won't. I mean, that's the whole thing, is that I feel I feel like most people, unless you're getting it like on the back of a van, somewhere in an alley, like they're they're usually pretty conservative. If you say, Okay, I want to be conservative. But here's the thing, we're to the age that I mean. It's if we're gonna make an investment in something, it's time to make it our phase, I guess. You know?
2: Sure, for sure.
1: <laughs> well, in a handbag maybe. And, and some shit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know, I was in Dallas last weekend with some of my college friends and um we got facials and and my friend Jessica, they were asking her, you know, like, when's the last time you've had a facial? And so she was like, Oh gosh, it's kind of been a minute. Because when you start thinking about it, like if you don't make this a priority, I mean, it gets it gets washed down the river with everything else that you need to be doing, you know, yeah. because you are running to soccer games and you're going to school and you're working and you're, you know, whatever else. And it's like you look up and you're like, oh, my gosh, I have not done this in so long. Um, but she said that trip, she said, I have really. It's funny. We talked like last week and she said, I've come home and been like, OK, Lee, her husband, she's like, I, I really want to start like investing in my face, like in my skin, in my, you know, all the things. And he was like, No, that's great. Not like I think you should because you'd murder somebody that said that. But he was like, No, I think I think that's great. But I do, I will say 40s kind of the first around 40s, the first time that I really started noticing that like, oh man, I might need to, you know, and like I've been doing Botox since I was thirty five. But I mean I'm glad that I do it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I like we're just
0: tired. <laughs> That's where I'll yeah. tired. So I'll look back. We to do something to fix that. So if we can mask part of that, but you know, like you're saying, your friend, I say that every time I get a facial, I'm like, every time I leave, I say to myself, I'm gonna keep this up. I'm gonna go ahead and book an appointment six months out and get a good deep, you know, cleaning, good facial, scrub, all the things, and I never do. Yeah. And I've got this appointment. It's this week. I've had it for weeks since we, you know, had her scheduled. And now we have a blizzard coming in town. I know. I'm like, maybe it's just not meant to be.
1: (laughs) No, it is meant to be. We will reschedule. We're both going. I'm going with you.
0: Oh, yeah, you are. you got somebody to hold my hand.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's needles, too. You're scared of needles, aren't you? Yeah, that's,
0: that's, honestly, that's what it is. It's the, the thought of sitting there with, like, needles and some foreign object, like, getting, you know, pushed into my skin. I know. I know. I know.
1: <laughs> um, some of the stuff that she was talking about though, I was kind of like, mm, every time she says that I was kinda like, oh, that sounds fun, or that sounds cool.
0: Yeah, the um there were two things that were, the CO2 lift mask. I wrote that down that she yeah. was talking about. It's $99. And I guess you can just like order it online. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Amazon. Oh.
1: Mallory Irvin do that. And you're and you can do it like before a photo shoot. It's before I mean, this would have been perfect before Miss Milan No till that you did. Yeah, yes, it was yeah. perfect. Mm-hmm. All your bachelorette stuff. Yeah. Bachelor stuff. It would have been. I always say bachelor bachelorette for your bachelor stuff. It would have been perfect with the mask. Um, but yeah, it, I think that's the one that makes sure it, it like puffs up real big.
0: Yes, yeah, and it's, it lasts like a week, I think. Uh huh. Okay, I want one of those. Yeah. Yeah. I want that the thermage thing that she mentioned. And I don't think Something it's a laser. Like I think it's like a um, some sort of like almost like cool sculpting where they use heat and they use cooling radio frequency. I don't know what it is, you know. Oh, but, to tighten the skin. tighten all, Yes, to tighten everything. Uh, yeah. I'm like, that is amazing. And it lasts a year.
1: You know where you need to do it is where you're always talking about like your big self-conscious area is the saggy knees. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I do. It's like I'm wearing shorts. <laughs>
1: why what what is it about the knees
0: I don't know it's just like saggy knees and I think I, I told you this I think that when I was in my 20s I used to run a lot and so I would pass women who were in tip-top shape you know running or I'd run with them and all I could look at were their knees and I was like ooh, I don't ever want to be 35. <laughs> 35
1: 35 what I'd give to be 35
0: oh my gosh I'd love to have my 35 year old knees <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah so you know that skin like it just kind of gets wrinkly and so now that's what I see and that's what to me is like what ages someone like in your knees when you can't wear shorts anymore
1: yeah well I probably would spend it on a few more areas before I spend it on my knees but that's just me
0: yeah yeah you know. also, maybe you could do it on your, my stomach like on my scar on my c-section scar
1: maybe. But
0: I think that's I think cool sculpting and stuff can do that. Yes. Um I don't know. Uh yeah, I think there's several things that you can do. You should have asked her on that.
1: I <laughs> know, yeah, I'm be like, "Okay, so we want other than the face. How much does it cost to keep going south?"
0: Yes. Yes, keep talking. <laughs> yeah. Well, the whole Botox thing, injections, all that is so, so interesting because I mean, really five years ago, people were not talking about this and I I do feel like it's so common now and it's just like, you know, people are having Botox parties, like come have a glass of wine and get your Botox in my kitchen counter, you know, and it's just, it's just not a thing anymore. People
1: aren't scared to talk about what they've had done or what they want to have done either. Mm-hmm. which is interesting because, and I'm no, I mean, I feel like we blame everything on hormones and our food and social media. So based on those two things, <laughs> based on the chicken, the hormones and the chicken, it's probably when we talk about it more, but I mean, really, we, we, see it so much. It's in our faith so much and people just are obsessed with it. Do you remember when, um, the Pimple Popper came out, Doctor Pimple oh, Popper. Yes, yeah. Did you watch her?
2: No, it's
0: disgusting. I can't watch oh, that. I watched it. Oh, it like sends me to the floor. I'm like, I can't. It flips my stomach. everything. Oh God, <laughs> so gross. <laughs> so gross.
1: You what? The blackhead removal is. <laughs> I mean, I'm like fascinated. Yeah. No. Mm-mm. Now the abscesses and all that I can do without that. You want me to stop talking about <laughs> you?
0: You got it. Yeah. I'm just gonna
1: have a sip of water <laughs> I, okay so I did not realize you were this weak stomached when it comes to like health needles things yeah what what's the well, deal I, I don't know I do not know oh, blood you know, know that about now blood. the getaway yeah. you know about my yeah. blood <laughs>
0: yes yeah.
1: that is so funny because you're like you don't ever portray yourself as like I don't know, weak in the slightest amount. So the fact that you get this way about medical stuff, it makes me laugh so hard.
0: <laughs> and whenever I have to go like get blood drawn or anything, I have to sit down and I have to explain to them like, okay, here's the deal. Don't talk to me. Don't show me the needle. Don't tell me when you're going to poke me. You know, just stick me and just talk about the weather. You know, I'm like, don't need to know. <laughs> I cannot see the blood. So you need you're going to move those out of my sight. Like cannot even see my per- peripheral vision like they
1: gotta go well you know jason's like old like family doc from like you know the kind that makes house calls and all that that's basically what you do when you're living in a neighborhood because it's somebody's kid or somebody's friend something that needs sewn up all the time and so it is nothing to walk in and him have a buddy that he's working on his hand or like you know somebody's cut it from cleaning fish or just whatever and so um Graham and Dean are polar opposites. So Graham, one time our friend Josh had cut his hand and he was over here and he Grant, he gave it a shot. And then he was sewing it up and Graham was watching. And he started, he goes, daddy, my legs, my legs feel all wobbly. <laughs> <laughs> I like, great. I wasn't at home. So he's like, great. Here's Josh, like free bleeding on my kitchen table. Graham's about to pass out and hit the floor. But you know, when Dean, remember when he cut his head, he fell off the bed. Yes, he his eyebrow. We sewed him up at the kitchen table. I mean, oh it's, it's just kind of one of those things. I think being around it, it, you just kind of have to get a little used to it. But yeah, Graham can't look. He can't <laughs> look at all. But Dean's super interested in it.
0: That's why I think there's a special place for nurses. <laughs> like they oh, said, there gosh, are for teachers. Yes. For mm-hmm. sure. You are,
1: you are called yeah. to the profession for sure. A
0: hundred percent. Well, I think Molly is definitely called to her profession. She's got it going on. She is the most sought after appointment in Nashville. So, no you know, she's doing something right with all the celebrities and everything happening in Nashville right now.
1: Yeah. She ain't going to give you any duck lips. So
0: good. thank
1: you, Molly. <laughs> I think you're in good hands. <laughs>
0: Well, hopefully the blizzard of a 2021 won't won't last, and I can make my appointment. Yes. If not, I'll reschedule. Sounds so. good. Well, thanks for listening today. This was very informative, and I feel I'm feeling better.
1: Good. We're gonna do it, people. We're finally gonna get her to do it. Okay. Bye. All right, bye.